For this edition of Brew Stilled, I'm joined by Jim from the Sign Holding Association to discuss sign holding competitions and the role of the U.S. Sign Holding Association. Join me as I talk to Jim from the U.S. Sign Holding Association. But first, let us begin. Cheers, everyone. Welcome to Bruce Still. I'm your host, Brandon. And for this edition of Bruce Still, I'll be talking with Jim from the U.S. Sign Holding Association. The U.S. Sign Holding Association conducts sign holding competitions all around the United States with the intention for the participants to hold the sign glass the longest. I first became acquainted with the U.S. Sign Holding Association last year during Beers and Sack inaugural Oktoberfest Beer Festival, which was the venue for the U.S. Sign Holding Association's Sign Holding Competition California State Championship. Their founder, Jim, is now my guest for this edition of Brustilled. Jim joins me here in Brustilled to discuss the association and the sign holding competitions. Before the interview though, for the beer for this episode of Brustilled, that beer is called Hofbrau Original, a German style lager with a really nice clean taste, making for a very nice session style beer that can be enjoyed all year round, and also for a beer you're looking to have with a low ABV. The color is nice and clear, with a really nice flavor that's also very light. For the ABV, the number comes to 5.1%. The beer is known for having a very nice clean flavor to it, very easy to drink and also not very hoppy, making for a very nice session style beer, which could be enjoyed for any occasion or also for just a nice beer after a long day at work or for any occasion. It's very easy to find and also widely available. And that beer is called Hofbrau Original, a nice German lager you definitely should check out. So sit back and relax, open a beer or have a nice bourbon or whiskey, your desired beverage, and tune into my interview with Jim for the U.S. Sign Holding Association. Enjoy folks, here we go. So I'm joined here by Jim for the U.S. Sign Holding Competition. Hello Jim, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Brandon? Very good. So first question is, what is the history of the U.S. Stein Holding Competition? The U.S. Stein Holding Association goes back till about 2015. Um, the comp- the, so the sport itself goes back probably a little bit further than that um, in the United States. But so I, I can probably give you a little bit of background myself quick. So I, I competed in uh, Hofbräu's competition, Hofbräu München, one of the, you know, the big six breweries from Munich. They, they sponsor a competition that I competed in uh, starting in 2011. I competed from 2011 through 2015. And then I, I won their championship in 2015. And at that point, I, I realized I probably was in a pretty good position to be one of the world's experts on the sport, you know, having been involved in it for that long and you know really taking it seriously and i'd set an i'd set a national record at that point when i when i won in 2015. And so I was like, you know, I, I put a lot of thought and effort into practicing for this and studying the rules and, you know, trying to trying to learn more about it. And there wasn't really any kind of resources out there that I could find, you know, aside from a couple scattered things here and there. And so I was like, you know what, I can, you know, I'm, I'm going to retire from comp- from competing at this point. You know, I'm, I'm good. I went out on top. I'm happy to, to uh, you know, step back and let, let everybody else have some fun with it. But, but I did want to still be a part of the sport and try to do whatever I could to make it more accessible to people, you know, promote the sport, you know, make it so that more people knew that it, it, even exists because it's something I think that's the really the biggest issue with the sport is it's so you know more and more people are hearing about it but it's not really a mainstream thing and I think you know once people hear about it and give it a try you know people really get into it and have a good time with it but there's just not it's just not in the zeitgeist you know like it's really not out there and people just aren't as aware of it as they could be so that was part of my goal you know when I set up the the association uh, so I, I won I won the Hofbräu competition in 2015 in September and then probably within a month or two of that you know I, I was I, I had the idea I was like you know what this is this is what I want to do like here we here we go and I had a 
friend of mine who helped me put together the website and, you know, kind of get all that stuff started up and, and start compiling all the information. So, um, so yeah, so the association, U.S. Sign Holding Association goes back to about 2015 um, and late 2015. And then sort of since then, we've been, you know, building our capabilities out to, to promote the sport, to consolidate the rules, you know, put together a, a map, a competition map for where everybody can, can compete, you know, things like that, just sort of general things at first. And then as we got more into it, you know, we said, you know what, we, we can like, ultimately we wanted to build our own competitions. So um, in 2019, we started thinking about what, how we could do that. In early 2019, we, we launched sort of a pilot program for what would later become our state championship programs, which were, you know, is a big focus for us now. So in 2019, we did like a small regional tournament that we organized, uh, put on in like, in basically in my hometown in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. It went well, you know, we had a lot of good interest from, um, there's an Oktoberfest there. It's the Bethlehem Oktoberfest, the Steel Stacks Oktoberfest by ArtsQuest, which they still, you know, we work with them every year now and they have a, they have a really great, you know, festival. So we, we, we had gotten in touch with them and, and basically put together, uh, I think we probably had about a dozen breweries involved, um, just as our sort of pilot program. And, and they all did qualifying competition, sort of tournament style. And then their winners, we invited their winners to come to the Steel Stacks uh, at, the, at the Bethlehem Oktoberfest and have a, sort of the, the finale of it. And so that's kind of how we got started with that in, in 2019. Um, we, we, the, the intent was to launch the, the state program, you know, wider in a wider context in 2020. But, but then obviously with pandemic, there was a lot less availability for doing those types of events in person. So we ended up just, you know, putting that on the back burner for a year. We, we ended up doing like a remote championship where we, you know, put out the word and allowed people to submit videos of themselves competing. It's a little bit less exciting, but, you know, it's like, well, this is this is what we have. You know, we can, it's better than doing nothing. So we, we did that for 2020 and I think some people had fun with that. And then for 2021, we were back on it, you know, trying to get get things going to to do uh, in, in-person events more. So that's, yeah. So that's where we picked up in 2021 doing, uh, you know, actually kicking off the state championship program. Yeah, since its conception, how has the competition grown since its beginning and also going into the future, from to the present and to the future? There have been a lot of competitions in the United States, like Hofbräu had been doing it for a while. I think they've probably been doing it at this point probably close to 15 years with their program, but it's kind of, you know, not, not as many people know about it. So I think, it, you know, in terms of expanding it and getting it out there, I think that's kind of what we're, we're, we're pushing for. And so I think really, you know, with the, with the conception of the state championships in 2021, so we started off with four states, you know, just to start small and work out the details. So we didn't overextend ourselves, make sure we got everything right. So in, in, uh, in 2021, we had four states, we did Pennsylvania, Ohio, Arizona, and Connecticut. Um, and things went well, you know, that everybody was happy with. How, how things went, you know, that the competitors had a good time and we said, okay, this is good. We can keep growing. So then last year for 2022, we had eight states. We added uh, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Vermont, and California, and, you know, which which you were a part of, obviously. Um, and I think, you know, th- things went pretty well. You know, again, there's, we're still growing. We're still learning how to, how to set these things up, especially when, you know, I'm based in Pennsylvania and most of my team is on the East Coast. So, you know, working with individual venues and, you know, festivals like Beers and Sack and, you know, organizers like that to put these things together and to, to really just make it, make it make it more modular and make it more accessible so that we don't have to be at every event but we can provide the resources and the training and make sure that uh you know the competitors are going to have a good experience and that you know the people who are involved with that are going to have a good experience whether it be beers and sack putting together the natomas Oktoberfest where the finals were or even just the individual qualifying venues like breweries and things like that because you know we want everybody to walk away from the experience you know with a you know with a good good experience you know everybody we want everybody to have a good time whether it's the competitors or breweries that we work with or whoever so that's kind of you know building off of that every year we learn a little bit more 
you know, in terms of the types of resources we can provide, the types of training we can provide, you know, things like that. Um, and I think going in, you know, coming from 2022 into this year, we're looking to expand probably into another four states, you know, give or give or take, you know, one or two, just to keep growing at a steady pace, but not, you know, again, not overextend ourselves and, and make it so that, um, I mean, obviously growth is great, you know, but uh, we don't, we don't want to go from, you know, eight states to, to 30 states because we just won't be able to support it as well as if we, you know, grow a little bit slower. So that's kind of our goal for this year is to, to maybe get another three or four or five states on the, onto the roster. There are certain states you want to expand into into the future and other ones that maybe have may have expressed an interest in joining the competition? Yeah, I mean, ultimately the goal is to get into, I mean, maybe not all 50 states, but, you know, maybe at, at least a, the contiguous 48. Um, but yeah, eventually, like our, like ultimately the goal of, of where we're going with the expansion of the state programs is to be able to host our own national championship where we would invite all of the state winners to, you know, a centralized location a little bit later in the season and have them all go head to head and, you know, see who's the best in the country. So that's the goal, you know, to be able to get to that. We probably have a couple more years before we can, you know, before we have enough states to support that. And we're still working out the model of what that would look like to make sure, again, that we're, we're able to do it, you know, do it justice and make sure everybody has a great experience with it. But yeah, I mean, we want to get to every state, you know, and then, you know, once we get to a certain point, we'll have potentially too many states because we can't, if we have 48 states, we can't have 48 men on stage competing against each other. That just gets a little bit unwieldy. So we'll probably do some sort of regional semifinals or something like that eventually to sort of wh widow it down a little bit. But yeah, that's the idea, you know, keep it growing and, and ultimately get to a point where we do a national championship and, and really just have a, a huge extravaganza around it. Also, to my understanding, you won the championship back in 2015? Yeah, I had, I had the national record for... I guess for about a year, because it was it was almost a year exactly a, a year year after that that someone else broke my record. But yeah, so I competed from 2011 through 2015. In 2014, actually 2013 and 2014, I came in second place. So I was just like I was that close, and I was like, okay, you know what, I got to keep really going, and and uh, stepped up my training in 2015 to really say, okay, I, I got to really take this to the next level and overdo it, you know, and make sure that this is the year for me. I, you know, the the guy who beat me in 2014, his name's Jason Herda. He's from he's from Texas. You know, I never would have met this guy otherwise in my life, other than coming you know, coming together and competing at the Stein holding competition. And he actually encouraged me, you know, over the summer, you know, after, you know, between 2014 and 2015 season. So, Hey, you got to come back. You got to, you know, you, you got this, you're going to, you know, you're going to, you can totally win this in 2015. You got it. So it's like, that's one of the things that I love about Stein holding is just like the, the people that I've met and the people that kind of come together from who would never otherwise meet each other, you know, and make these connections and just the sportsmanship of it and things like that. But, but yeah, so I, I came back in 2015, you know, in, in, you know, in the best shape, you know, best Stein holding shape I had been in. And I, um, I believe the record that was set in 2014 was around I want to say 14 probably about 14 minutes and I in in 2015 when I won I, I was able to go 17 minutes and 11 seconds so I was able to to break that record and, and set a set a pretty strong record that like I said somebody somebody was able to beat it the next year but I I, I think you know I'd set, I had set a high bar you know so that people knew what to aim for and yeah and another guy actually from Texas came back and a guy by the name of Derek Lindsay came back in, in 2016 and, and he was able to go I think another minute and a half or so yeah but yeah I, I was I was the I was the, the reigning national record holder for about a year and when you're in that 17 minutes it's holding that stein glass now what goes through the mind in that process is it just focusing on the stein glass and also blocking out the distractions around you what is that like that whole experience i think it's different for everybody um you know it kind of depends on just how you how you like to deal with that sort of situation i think it's it's one of those things that if, if anybody who's ever tried it probably knows that after a couple of minutes it just starts becoming uncomfortable you know like it's not you know full out pain but like your body is telling you that it doesn't want you to really do this anymore you know whether it be your shoulder starts to hurt because that's 
you know, the main tension is on your, you know, your shoulder or, you know, your lower back starts to hurt or, you know, some, you know, plenty of other things uh, your grip can start to go. So, I mean, it does start to, at some point, you know, really, yeah, you do really need to focus. I mean, on, on blocking out the pain, I guess you'd say, or blocking out the discomfort. And it's because you're, you need like the discomfort is telling you that you should stop, but you, it's, it's your brain telling you that you should stop, but you can, as long as you know that you can keep going, like that's the biggest thing about Stein holding that I always tell people is that you absolutely can go longer than you think you can. It's just that, you know, you have to be able to push through the discomfort of it. It's like, I mean, like training for a lot of things is like that, you know, like if you, if you want your body to, to adapt and grow, you have to just push through it. And it's, it's definitely like that, especially even when you're, when you're competing in Stein holding, you know, because like I said, after a couple of minutes, it's just going to start to become uncomfortable. It doesn't matter how well you've, you know, trained and conditioned yourself physically. Like it just, there's only so much you can do. And it just becomes a, it comes to a point where you just need to push through it and, and find a way to go to a happy place. Or, you know, for me, I think I was just focused on my form and just making sure as, you know, I mean, that, that in and of itself, when, when your body starts to want to quit, like just focusing on your form is really all you can do, you know, because your, your arm is going to start to shake a little bit. Like you're, you're going to start to lean back more. Like it's really just a matter of focusing in on that. And that, that pretty much is going to take off all your attention just doing that. And also now that last year for the Steinholy competition was with Beers and Sack with your Oktoberfest event. How did the partnership with Beers and Sack come about? Some states just kind of reach out to me, you know, and say, hey, you know, we, we see what you're doing and we, we want to be a part of this somehow. So how can we partner together? And that, that was that was the case with Beers and Sack. They had reached out to me probably about this time last year and said, hey, you know, we're, we have we put on all these different events, the Elks Grove Beer Fest, I think, which is coming up next month that they're doing again this year. Um, and then the Natomas Oktoberfest is where I, I yeah, so they, they wanted to have, you know, they were interested in, in having a competition and they saw what we were doing and they said, hey, you know, we, we would like to partner with you and be the state, you know, make this a state championship event. So yeah, they they reached out to me and, you know, we had a couple of conversations about it, worked out the details and seemed like it was something that would, you know, work well. And, you know, like I said, we're trying to expand, you know, at really anywhere we can comfortably expand to. And, you know, they were, they were comfortable, you know, hosting the actual event on their own without us, because like I said, we, we have a small team and we're based on the East Coast. So we try to go to as many of the, the state championship events as possible. But for the ones that we aren't able to go to, you know, there's still a process that we want to make sure is followed, you know, going through certain steps to make sure that it's going to be a consistent experience for everybody and make sure that the judges are trained, you know, like you, like we, we had a, you know, obviously you read through the, you know, read through the rules only gets you so far, but, you know, having a demonstration and, and having a little bit of extra training goes a long way to make sure that it's going to be consistent for the competitors. So yeah, yeah, they, they reached out to us and it, it seemed like it was going to be a good fit mutually. And, and we just went from there. What stands out the most from the places you go to the breweries, the venues, and also the crowd and the ambience, like what are the biggest memories that stand out from those experiences brought about by this competition? Just meeting everybody, you know, is, is so great. Like that's the best, that's the best part of it for me, you know, is just all the people that I meet along the way and, and, uh, you know, seeing all the people make connections who you know, may, maybe wouldn't otherwise meet each other, you know, just cheering each other on, you know, you, you know, even if they're going head to head, you know, like there's still, to me, that's, the, that's the most important thing about any kind of sports is just having good sportsmanship in it and, and just, you know, recognizing that we're here to have some fun and we're here, you know, it's a, it's a competition, but you know, we want everybody to have a good time. We don't want people to walk away with that, you know, bad blood or something like that. So to me, that's the biggest thing is just seeing, you know, seeing people make these connections and, you know, going head to head and really being intense. And then as soon as it's over, just, you know, cheersing each other, you know, patting each other on the back and, you know, walking away with a new friend or something like that, I think is, is pretty awesome. And also like, what is the best way for someone to get in shape for a state competition? Is there any particular way that works or is it just different by each person? I've had pretty good results with a process that I sort of came up with in 2015 in particular, when I was trying to really take my training to the next level. Um, and we, we have some, we have some resources on the website that we have a whole training tip section that people can check out. But the, the main thing for me is it is a little bit different for everybody and, and being in pretty good, you know, physical shape makes a big difference. And, and your body type honestly makes a big difference as well. Cause I'm, I'm six, two, and I have, 
well, I don't even, I can get far back enough. So you can see on the, like I have very long arms, right. And which is good for, for a lot of sports. Like I play volleyball and I'm pretty good at volleyball and it helps that I'm, you know, tall, but having really long arms when it comes to stein holding, that's just, that's just more, uh, a longer lever, you know? So it's just like more, more tension on your shoulder, the longer your arm is. So I think, you know, people, people with, with shorter arms are going to be in a little bit of a, uh, have a little bit of an ad- advantage, but it's still, you know, it still comes down to conditioning and training. Um, and I would say, you know, just really practicing is the best thing that you can do. And just, you know, pushing yourself through that pain, like I said, pushing yourself to go a little bit longer every time. Um, we have a we have a technique that's called the training hold, which is basically you you go for as long as you can. You know, as soon as your form gives out, you you rest for about 30 seconds and just go again for as long as you can rest 30 seconds go you know and basically just that that repeated cycle is um i don't know exactly how to put it in physiological terms but basically it's like it's it's a different kind of training than you would do for most other types of types of situations if you're doing weight training or something like that because it like endurance training is just very different than you know strength training or burst training and stuff like that so it's really just finding that like different ways to challenge yourself and to grow particularly your shoulder muscles a little bit and to build conditioning you know into your into your workout routine but yeah just the, those training holds that like that was i think the biggest thing for me that i did differently my last year when I was training, you know, and when I finally won and that, I think that really helped me push through some of those, maybe my plateau or whatever that I had had before. So that was, yeah, that was one of the first things that, that I also wanted to put on the website when we put it together with some of those training tips to really see what people could do, you know, with the other techniques that we put together and, and really, you know, push themselves and see what kind of times we could start to see. And one thing I definitely noticed about this competition also helps those who drink beer also live a very healthy, active lifestyle. Is that something you've seen as well throughout the state competitions where I've seen like, they're seeing people like they drink beer, but also doing this as well helps them just maintain the healthy body going forward. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I was, when I was training, like I was, like I said before, taking it probably too seriously. So I, I was abstaining myself at the time, like over the summer, like once I would start training, I'd say, you know what? I mean, like it, it's like alcohol, just like, unfortunately, I hate to say this, but alcohol just is not good for you. Like if you're trying to train or like build muscle or any kind of, any kind of athletic things, like it, it only has negative, negative impacts. So I was, I was just like, you know what? I'm not taking any chances with it, but like plenty of other people that I know, like who compete at a high level and Steinholding have been able to find a balance there and just say, you know what, like as long as, as long as you're not like, if, if you have, if you drink a beer every day, for example, and it doesn't do anything to you, like you don't need to change your routine for when you're going to compete in a Steinholding competition, you know, or if you drink, if you drink a beer every time before you train, before you train, basically the important thing is to just make sure that you're consistent in training the way you'll compete and vice versa. So if you, if you train a certain way, you need to make sure that you're, you're in the same conditions when you go to compete. So like, that's kind of the biggest thing that I find, like in terms of preparing for a competition that I always tell people is like whatever you normally do for your routine like you need to like make sure that you you build those steps into your your game day preparations to make sure that you're you're you know in the, in the right frame of mind and you're you're not too far outside of your routine because it's just going to throw you off just enough that you might have a bad day but yeah i mean there's plenty of people like who competed you know they would have a couple beers before they would compete or whatever like i would usually wait until after but you know if it, if it works for you you know I, t- I would say i would always say you know do what works best for you you know try some different things out test it out so you, you know so you're not going into the day of a competition um you know with 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 uh some sort of x factor that you can't really plan for you know like it's you you want to control as many of the factors as possible that's true for any kind of sporting event is just to make sure you're going to be at your optimal performance but yeah there's plenty of people who drink and and like i said i i would i would have plenty to, i would i would make up for it as soon as the competition was over <laughs> but uh yeah i i would i wouldn't usually you, you see a lot of people you know will have a beer or two before the competition and it's probably good for for nerves as well because i was always very nervous i'm sure that would have helped me but yeah i think everybody's different well i definitely see the passion of the competitors faces when i see these competitions take place or really into it really brings about a lot of camaraderie amongst everyone there very friendly competition and also just seeing the joy in everyone's faces while they're doing this yeah it's i mean it's a it's a great sport you know i think 
it's something again i wish i wish more people knew about it because you know even you know going around and, and going to qualifying events and things like that and even you know even at the state championship and i don't know if you're if you saw this at all it, it, out in california but one thing you always see is that as soon as people hear about it even if they don't want to step up and like actually you know sign up and and compete like you, you will see people you know whether they're holding a pint glass or you know if, if, if there's some sort of outdoor thing like a like a dixie cup or not dixie cup like a like a solo cup or something like just like holding it out to see like huh, what is this all about you know i want to try this like i think it's just one of those things that like once people hear about it it's kind of it's just intriguing you know like it's 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 so simple but it's also it's, it's a very approachable which makes it nice like all you really need to do it is to just hold something in your arm <laughs> you know like it's it's not like a comp it's not a complicated thing and it's I, I think people people when people hear it since it is so simple i think they're like oh you know that doesn't sound that bad and they want to give it a shot and they're like and then they give it a shot and they're like okay this is, this is a little more tricky than i thought you know it's a little harder than i thought so i think uh that that is something that's really interesting about it yeah and also now in your free time you're not working with a sign holding competition or any craft beers you join your free time any particular beer styles it's definitely the german styles of beer that are, are my favorite and that's actually kind of how i probably sort of got into stein holding in the first place was i would go to a hofbräu house in pittsburgh and and they you know they they serve they serve beer by the liter anyway and it's good german style beer which is kind of you know any, pretty much any german style of beer is what i go for in the in the fall like is my favorite time of the year because you get the fest beers like you know you know hofbräu's uh, october fest beer i probably say is is one of my favorite beers in the world and i was i was lucky lucky enough to go to uh to, I, we actually went to Oktoberfest. my family went to Oktoberfest in uh, 2019 right before the pandemic and we got to have it you know straight from the tap in munich at the Oktoberfest. so that was fantastic but i you know i'm i'm not really into really hoppy beers like i am more on the you know the multi side of things like i try to dip my toe into ipas and and you know double ipas and stuff like that a little bit but i'm more of uh i think i also grew up drinking malt liquor in college we would get 40s of malt liquor so i think that you know what i started off drinking really uh that probably influenced my my taste later in life so you know usually those german style beers they're they're a little i mean they're they're not as sweet they're not they're gonna be a lot crisper than you know a malt liquor is gonna be but i think you know just being more on on the side of the malts than than the hops is probably where i i would lean when you were in germany for oktoberfest what was that like did you see sign holding competitions going on in germany when you were there no not not actually at oktoberfest and i think that's that's one thing you know we we associate it with the seat with the oktoberfest season here in the united states and i have i've i've been able to find a little bit of information about like where the sport originated in in germany but there's just really not as much information out there honestly like i think it's it's something that some people know about in germany but i think it's really something that's caught on much more here in the united states so it's kind of based on wh whether it's a german tradition like I, I honestly don't know like that's what i was always told you know early on but like the more i sort of look into it it seems like maybe it's just one of those things that is based on you know based on german heritage or it's based on you know interest in germany and i mean obviously they they invented the well i don't know if they invented them but like you know they 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 use the mass krug style steins the, the dimpled glass steins that we use like those are you know those are pri primarily a german you know a german item so i think at, at the very least the sport was inspired by if not you know imported from germany and so i think usually the oktoberfest season is when you see a lot of the competitions coming up you know even before you know before we got into it like there's plenty there's plenty of competitions that are independent competitions out there that we're not a part of that never heard of us and they you know they, they had come across the sport on their own there's there's you know probably close to a thousand that we have on our map just independent competitions you know of places who who came across this on their own just because it's 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 in it's in the it's enough in the zeitgeist like i said it could be more so but there's enough people that know about it you know just from being out in the culture yeah there, there's a lot of people doing it didn't actually see any competitions outside for the ones that me and my family did just to uh you know to make sure that we did because that was kind of our connection and, and the and part of the reason that we ended up going there is because of you know me getting into the competition and, and being you know associated with hofbräu and stuff like that so that was kind of uh we, we made sure that we did a competition ourselves but now nah, it's not something that you see that you really see in, in the, the oktoberfest tents there's definitely a passion for it i definitely do see a lot of growth and it going forward with the sign holy competition it really does attract a 
large crowd. People love it. So I definitely think the future for this is definitely very bright. Yeah, I mean, like I said, every year we're, we're getting bigger. We're getting more people reaching out to us with interest from the eight states last year. All eight of them, you know, are, are interested. You know, we, we're working on finalizing the dates and everything. So we haven't made any announcements yet, but we're working on getting all those things finalized in the next couple of weeks. And, you know, just people seeing what we're doing and saying, hey, you know, this is a fun sport. You know, what, what you guys are doing to bring it all together is a lot of fun. You know, let's let's find a way to work together. You know, they don't always come to us with a plan, but they, you know, people people like what we're doing and they, and they see how much fun it is. And, and like you said, just seeing how, how it really does draw a good crowd. You know, people love to watch it. People love to compete in it. It's just something people have a lot, have a lot of fun with. So yeah, we, we get a lot of interest in it, which is great. And there are good things like well, Track 7, who actually hosts their own competition. Um, it's actually my local brewery. So they're actually like a five minute drive from where I live here in Natomas. And I'll actually be attending Elk Grove Brewfest next month in April. So seeing that action there as well, just really can't wait to see it and to see the competitors and the competition. I'm thinking about joining in someday. It's on my radar. I haven't done it yet, but I've been having these fantasies about jumping into competition myself and practicing here at home. So it's definitely my radar. Yeah, give it a shot. That's what we always tell everybody. You know, you, you don't know. I mean, maybe you're a natural, you know, until you until you pick up a stein and, and really give it a shot. You know, you never know. Like some people, um, there have been a couple of competitors, you know, at, at the at Hofbräu or even at some of our competitions who who really didn't, you know, even have a lot of time to train and didn't really put that much effort into it. And some people are just, you know, like myself, I I, <laughs> I, I was not a natural, you know, like I had to really, really work to, to get to the level that I was at. But there there's there have been a couple of guys who have gone longer than me who, you know, just were kind of naturals, you know, they picked it up, maybe they had a couple weeks to practice and, and gave it a couple shots. And, you know, we're just just able to bang out, you know, close to 20 minutes, you know, in, in a competition. So you never know, maybe maybe you're the next, uh, maybe you'll be our, our first national champion when it comes around in a couple of years, Brandon. Sounds good. Uh, thank you, Jim, for joining me here on the Bruce Hill Podcast. Yeah, anytime. It's great. Thanks for having me, Brandon. That there is my talk with Jim for the U.S. Sign Hold Association. I'd like to thank Jim for joining me here at Bruce Hill to discuss the U.S. Sign Hold Association along with the Stein Holding Competition. Until next time, that there does it for me on this edition of Bruce Stilled. Please do tell your friends and family about this podcast, and please rate this podcast in your desired podcast directory, as feedback is always appreciated. Please do stay tuned for future guest interviews, craft beer coverage, pop culture content, more editions of Barrel Age Mysteries, and other topics of interest. In the meantime, do enjoy some good craft beer bourbon whiskey. I'm Harold Brandon. Thank you for joining me, and I'll see you next time. And until then, be brewed, and be the silt, folks. Cheers. Thank you.